Hey everybody, Chase here. Just a quick heads up. There's a little audio snafu uh, within this episode. Uh, it seems as if uh, there's a microphone rubbing against the collar. Uh, we did our best to edit it out, uh, but we still felt that the episode was salvageable. And uh, I hope that uh, it doesn't annoy you too much. And it's a really good episode. So stay tuned. If the fear is based on what other people think, that is not a reason to not do something. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I am very, very happy to bring to the show the very well-rested Hannah Davis from Bang Shoes. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. This is a, a, such a treat and the well-restedness and the conversation. So I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So uh, again, another awesome founder's story. Uh, this one is super cool because not only uh, did she start this brand when she was uh, young, which some people would say, but also they're doing a lot of stuff to give back to entrepreneurs, which I think is really cool. So uh, you guys don't want to hear from me, me anymore. Let's dive in. Hannah, take me back to um, kind of what were you doing before you kind of ideated on what became Bang Shoes, um, what was going on in your life and kind of where did this come from? Yeah, I will. Um, I'll try to wrap this up. I've been doing this for it's crazy, like almost a decade now. So I certainly would consider myself young when I started it. I'm 33 now. So I uh, I was much younger when I founded Bangs um, in my young 20s. But I I it I never really thought I would be a business owner. I was definitely somebody in college that identified um, as a self-proclaimed philanthropist. I tended to want to spend my time doing community development things, working with nonprofits. Um, and for whatever reason, good or bad, I attached to the idea that businesses were were not good. Um, and so if you had told 19 year old Hannah that she would be a business, a founder and running a business, she would have been like, no way. Um, but I knew I wanted my career to have some sort of social impact. And I think when, um, at least in my experience, when I was in college and younger, I thought that impact, like the way that impact would come to life was through the nonprofit space. Like in my, I was very linear in my mind and, you know, now having a little bit more um, being older, like just having more experience in the world, I realize that impact looks so different. And I certainly don't believe that anymore. But you know, that's kind of where I was coming at, uh, you know, my career when I entered the workforce is I wanted my career to make an impact, I thought I needed to work with the nonprofit space. But I graduated in 2009. So um, I used to be able to say it's the, it was the worst economy the U.S. had seen in decades, but I don't, I can't really say that in 2021. Um, but I, um, I graduated in during the, like right after the housing market crash, like in the thick of it. And so 
Um, there were no jobs. Uh, that's not true. There were, uh, it was very difficult to find a job at the time. And I remember, um, you know, when, when somebody was able to find a contract for what, in whatever industry, everyone was like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's amazing. It's really unique, really rare, but it was also a great time to outsource myself. So I decided to sign a contract teaching English in China for a year. Um, and while I was there, I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out like, how do I have an impact? What does it mean to like, you know, have a career and also support the community around you? Can you do both? And through this research, I discovered social business. And I was really inspired by companies like Tom's and Patagonia, who were businesses um, that were using their business plan as a tool to impact social change. And I was like, oh man, like business can be good. And it's not necessarily that business is intrinsically in its nature bad. Um, you know, there are people behind it and choosing, uh, like there's nothing wrong with wanting to make a living and support yourself and support your family. And, and there was just this like awakening, um, that I had where I was like, Oh, money in its essence isn't bad. It's how you manage it and business isn't bad. So it's how you do it, how you execute it and how you bring it to life. And so, um, I uh, decided I, I love that idea. And to me, social business was the answer. And I was like, all right, well, I have a political science degree. I have a minor in Mandarin. Nobody in my family has any experience in textiles, international shipping, like any sort of anything. But I was like, no problem. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll Google it. And that's what I did. I started researching and um, talking to people. I happened to be in the manufacturing center of the world at the time where um, I was surrounded by people who were had, had been doing similar things or who had similar interests in manufacturing. So I was able to ask questions to people who I don't actually think I would have had contact with if I hadn't been an English teacher in, in China at the time. Um, and I conceptualized the idea for bang shoes. I mean, I had a very stereotypical like aha moment where I sat up in bed and was like, Oh my goodness. It's like, it's the shoes. Um, the, the look of bangs is inspired by, um, shoes that are worn by Chinese workers and farmers. So what's really unique about bangs? Um, well, <laughs> there's very many things unique about bangs, but the aesthetic <laughs> unique thing about our shoes are that they're, um, monochromatic all the way around. So they've got, um, the same color upper as they do the rubber sole. Um, so if you're envisioning like a, a canvas or a, a Converse or a Keds shoe, which is in the same category as bangs, they typically have, um, you know, a color, a one color upper and then the sole of the shoe is white. Um, but bangs are neutral colors and different colors all the way around. Um, so the brand name Bangs comes from the Chinese character for the word help, the phonetic spelling of the Chinese character for the word help. And when you buy a pair of our shoes, we invest in a new uh, entrepreneur. So um, we take 20% of our net profits and put the, put those profits, those net profits towards um, entrepreneurs. We've invested in over 4,000 entrepreneurs across 72 countries, including the U.S., which is wild because we started at zero zero entrepreneurs, zero dollars. Um, and that's very, very exciting. Probably the thing I'm the most proud of. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the founding story. I could keep going, but I'll, I'll take a breath. Well, uh, yeah, no, I'll let you uh, take a breath, get a drink of water. Now with your business model, you, you spoke a bit earlier about this concept that like, if you want to do good, it has to be a nonprofit. It has to be something super rigid and structured. And I kind of want to like dispel that myth real quick because I'm on the same page with you. I've done a lot of work in that space. 
you don't have to have a nonprofit to impact the world with your business. And that's like really what I want to call out here. Now, uh, a question about Bangs is, are you a nonprofit? Are you uh, like a, a, a certain kind of corporate entity? Or are you just kind of your run of the mill uh, uh, business entity? We are a for-profit business. So we are uh, registered as an LLC and, um, you know, we, but we partner with a nonprofit. So I, um, I, I think there's many ways to have impact and I'm not sitting here and I'm not going to say one way is right or one way is wrong. This is just the path that I've chosen to take, but I, um, I, I cannot imagine starting any new organization from scratch. Like I think like, all right, if bangs, you know, for whatever reason, if I find myself in however many years with a lot more free time and I want to do something new, um, would I start a new organization? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like really, really hard. Um, it's very difficult to start a nonprofit on its own. It's very difficult to start a for-profit business on its own and to start a for-profit business that also has a nonprofit like inside of its entity sounds like impossible to me. So basically like what Tom's did was, you know, they were, they were the mechanism for social impact. And Bangs doesn't do that. So Bangs partners with a nonprofit. So, uh, and I really believe in this model so much because I think, um, there's some school of thought. There's some people who believe that the world doesn't necessarily need another nonprofit. There's millions of nonprofits around the world, but the world needs organizations that connect those nonprofits together. And in my mind, that's Bangs, uh, fits into that category where we are uh, assuming we can stay in business, we become a, a steady revenue stream for our nonprofit partner um, to help them build out their mission. And they are doing it way better than we ever could. They have dec- a decade or more of experience um, doing exactly what I had hoped my company could do. Um, and so instead of starting from scratch, we work with them. I, I couldn't agree more. And I have firsthand experience saying that it's hard to run a nonprofit, especially if you're trying to run a business at the same time. People may know that I did start one and I actually just turned it. I, uh, so I don't know what I did. I like stopped it like legally during the pandemic just because here's the thing. I'm like running this business full time and I didn't have the time to dedicate to it personally. Like, and I felt it as a failure myself. But here's the thing. It's like, if you, if it's not your full time thing, you can't do it both. Like 99% of businesses fail or something like that. And it's like, yeah, like if you're not focused on the nonprofit, the nonprofit is a business. If you're not fully focused on it, it's going to fail. So if you are driven by like mission and you want to impact the world that you, you need to actually 100% just like focus on what you're doing and find someone to partner with to do the nonprofit element of it. Like I don't know how Tom's did it and my hat's off to them. Exactly. Awesome. So you have this idea for this amazing product. Um, I'm assuming you're finding some really, really amazing connections to help you source and manufacture this product through your, uh, you know, your career over there teaching. Um, what does like the first phases of like getting samples or building a website? Like, what were you, wh- how are you getting things going? I, I'm, I'm like running through that time in my life in my head. I'm just like flashing back to all the memories, but I, I actually, interestingly enough, the part, the factory partner that initially produced the very first run of bangs, I did not meet through my connections in China. I found them on Google because through the connections that I did have in China, um, 
those factories, none of them ended up working out. Like I actually think we got kicked out of, and this is a, this is an about number. It's around here, but we got kicked out of around seven factories before we found the factory that we currently work with now. So like factory production, especially for, for this product is extremely difficult um, because it can't be done in small batches. So, you know, for, for this might, this might be a small number for some people, but for somebody starting from scratch, like the, the minimum order number for a lot of these, um, for a lot of these factories was 2000 pairs of shoes. And if you have sold zero pairs of shoes, you know, that's a really big number. Um, so we, but I'll, I'll back up a little further. So I have the idea for bangs. I'm in China. I decide the name of the shoe. Um, I still didn't have a business plan at the time, but I found somebody to make me samples. I started showing them to people. And then I decided I was going to, you know, start this company and try to do this thing right. Or what I imagined would be right. Um, and yeah, and then we got, we got kicked out of a number of factories, ended up finding our current factory partner that we've been working with since 2015. And, um, they are based in Vietnam. So our production is now no longer in China. It's, uh, exclusively in, out of one factory in Vietnam, which is amazing. And I have to really credit them with the development of our shoes. So, um, it's very stressful switching factories, but we're, we were also able to say like, you know, Hey, um, what can we do to improve our product? And with the switch of our factory, I think we have, you know, better, more durable shoes, which is a silver lining of chaos. <laughs> awesome. So you have you now got samples and you've got some, you've, you've got some kind of production underway. Obviously, I, I, from what it sounds to me, you used a original factory kind of to get things started. What was kind of the go to market strategy? How did you kind of launch the brand to the world? I, I think there's probably someone listening right now that has a product and they're, they're about to launch and they just like, are like, what do I do? <laughs> Well, I launched bangs in a different world. You know, I, there was their Instagram wasn't what it is today. You know, social media was like on the edge of explosion, explosion, like Facebook had was like, you know, a big deal, but it wasn't, it wasn't what it is now. And like the word influencer wasn't a thing. And like, so when I launched bangs, wholesale was our main strategy, like direct to consumer was a piece of our business. It wasn't exclusive. And now bangs is 100% direct to consumer. The only place you can buy shoes is through our website or maybe like Depop or something like that. But, um, those, we don't manage that uh, naturally. Um, so yeah, I put 12 pairs of shoes in the trunk of my car and I drove up and down the East coast and cold walked into stores. And, you know, I, again, I have a political science degree. I don't have a degree in fashion merchandising. Like I don't know the lingo, but I, so I, I, but I have no shame. So I would like walk into these stores. Like I was supposed to be there and, um, you know, would, like to just talk to whoever. And eventually I learned the lingo from messing up. Like I learned the language that you need to be doing wholesale. So I started walking in and I would just say, Hey, I'd like to talk to your footwear buyer. Like nobody told me to say that. I was like, I just, you know, I'd walk and be like, Hey, I have some, you know, I have these, this new shoe line. Like who do I need to talk to? And they're like, Oh, you want to talk to blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's the footwear buyer. And I'm like, okay, footwear buyer. Remember that one. So then moving forward, I just kind of like got comfortable and, and I got told no all the time. All, all the time. I actually got kicked out of a store in Brooklyn because I like walked in and asked to talk to the buyer and this woman got 
really mad at me. He was like, you can't just walk in here. And she kicked me out. Um, and then, um, but like the first year of bangs, I ended up selling in close to a hundred thousand dollars worth of shoes just by like walking into stores and handing out pieces of paper. Um, and that would have been really impressive, except that nobody was walking in and buying them. So we were left with a situation where we were selling shoes to retailers who were not wanting to pay their bill because the shoes weren't selling through. Um, and then we discovered Instagram and then everything changed. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O. Since 2004, Avalara's vision has been to harness the power of cloud technology to help simplify sales tax for businesses of all sizes. Avalara solutions are designed to affordably scale with businesses as they grow over time. Tax compliance is not a revenue generating activity, so Avalara's technology is designed to help you manage tax compliance as efficiently and accurately as possible, so you can reclaim your valuable time and reduce risk in your business. With more than 1,000 signed partner integrations, Avalara likely integrates with the ERP, e-commerce, mobile payment, and point-of-sale systems you use today. Find out how your business can be sales tax ready at avalara.com slash honest. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Avalara, tax compliance done right. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey, everybody. Do you want to win back valuable lost time for your support team? Gorgeous has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all of your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. They have allowed online merchants to close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Brandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools like Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team here. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Businesses are the most successful when they own their own data, 
customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands, big and small, trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? You should get a free trial of Klaviyo over at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Wow, that's amazing. I think the the gusto of just, you know, I'm going to go try to sell these things is kind of the thing that any entrepreneur needs to do. Like, honestly, like, I, I was th- talking about this yesterday, actually, with my roommate, and uh, I'm not going to get very specific, but it was essentially a, a friend of ours has, start- has started a business. So by the way they were speaking about it, it almost was as if they were waiting for some sort of virality to happen organically and that things would just work out. And it, it never will unless you put the effort in and go out there and sell the thing that you're trying to curate with your business and bring to the world. That's the only way to get the next level is you really have to go sell it. Um, so I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't want to do that, especially now with like just how easy it is to, to build a store and get your products online and you just the hopeful, wishful thinking of it's going to sell eventually. No, if it's not selling now, it's not going to. You need to put an effort out there to get eyes on your on your product and and kind of get people in the door. So I applaud I applaud you there. So uh, one, I, I'm assuming you fielded quite a few phone calls from these people about it not selling. How did Instagram help? What was that turning point like? Uh, you know, was that was that where you think like the initial success and everything kind of took off was uh, how you guys capitalized on Instagram? Yes. Instagram absolutely was like the turning point for us. Um, basically what happened was, and these numbers in retrospect, you know, they are, they might be small, but they, it was a, it was a sign for us. So we gifted a pair of shoes to this girl that I followed who had a lot of followers who like at this point in time, you might call her an influencer, but that word wasn't a thing in 2015. And I was just like, Hey, I'm a girl. I follow you. I like your vibe. Do you want these free shoes? And she was like, sure. So we just sent her a pair of shoes and she posted about them. And overnight, our Instagram account grew by like 700 followers. And then we were able to, um, you know, have a spike of sales. And that really showed us that Instagram could be very powerful for us. So we decided to shift a lot of our attention from wholesale to our Instagram efforts. And eventually we just phased our wholesale initiative out completely. Yeah, that's that's kind of how easy it is, is kind of throw some offers out there to influencers and see what happens. It's obviously now it's like a completely different world and there's different levels of influencers, macro, micro, and you know, you got these people with million followers and all sorts of engagement level is this whole thing now, but it's still a very, very viable way to get uh, like a new product off the ground. And I think people often overlook it 
because it is a very non-scalable thing. But to get a business going, I think it's like you have to do those non-scalable things at the beginning to kind of get the initial traction. Um, so let's, let's fast forward to now. Is there anything that like happened between kind of learning about Instagram and how that all worked out and, and launching the, the brand and going straight to DTC like that you wish you could kind of go back in time and be like, let's not do this thing or make this mistake uh, that you kind of want to help other people avoid? I think the thing, my biggest mistake, and it is still my biggest mistake, like I am, I have not fixed it yet, is being afraid. Like I'm, I am, I like, we're lucky that, and knock on wood, that we haven't made any massive errors. Like we haven't made, we haven't purchased a shoe that's just like bombed or like a series of shoes that just didn't do well or you know, spent a huge amount of money on something that didn't work out. Like our, our growth has been pretty measured. And, um, I don't know if you call our growth conservative because some people might say we've grown quickly. Some people might say we haven't grown fast at all. So I guess it's just like, it depends on who you're talking to. But, um, I would say that like, I sometimes get so afraid of like, of what people will think that I won't do certain things. And kind of what you were saying about your friend or somebody that you know, that is waiting for something to happen. Like, you have to put yourself out there and you have to tell your story because like, this is a good, this might sound really harsh or also really freeing depending on you know how much sleep you have or like your mood for the day but nobody cares like nobody cares what you're doing or what I'm doing and people are so focused on like themselves and their goals and you know this includes me I mean and us like I would assume if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur you're so focused on what you're doing and the you you notice the people that you like right you're like man they're doing so well but if you see something you don't like it's very rare that you sit around and think about it. And so the advice I tell myself is like, why, like if somebody doesn't like what you're doing, they're just going to move on and forget about it. Like the people that sit and harp on it, it's, that's weird. Right. And you don't, that's very, very rare. So I think for a long time, I was, I was just like scared of leveraging social media and I still am like fighting that. Um, and I think that fear, and this is kind of like a cliche thing to say, but I, I genuinely believe it and I genuinely battle it all the time and every day, um, is like letting fear be a driver. Um, or be a reason that you don't do something and not fear of like hurting somebody because that's valid. But like, if you're afraid, if the fear is based on what other people think, that is not a reason to not do something. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I kind of even want to double down there with the, the fear. It, it perpetuates indecisiveness. And I think the indecisiveness is what stalls businesses. It, it stops growth. It stops you from going to the next level is not making a decision. So I, I just kind of want to, to just be like, just, just make a decision because here's the best thing. Even if it's the wrong decision, you're going to figure it out quick enough and you're going to pivot, steer, correct the course. And it's not going to ruin your business. Like, uh, just a growing a business is just a series of decisions made over time that like make it better. And some of them are wrong. I've made terrible decisions in, in our business, but we're still here and it's still going. And it's just, it's the not making the decision. It's being scared to make a choice. Uh, that's what's going to kind of stop you from doing anything. I absolutely agree. Yep. Awesome. So let's fast forward to now. Obviously things have changed. You're all D2C. You're doing super amazing stuff with Kiva. 
Uh, you got a lot more businesses like processes and, and, and stuff built out into the business. What is what is kind of like the marketing landscape look for you now? Uh, what are you up? To, is are you still doing a lot of uh, Facebook and Instagram advertising? Not advertising, but like influencer stuff. You know what has changed. So we are doing ads. We are, we do still have an influencer program. We have an ambassador program. So our customers and community members can get more involved with the brand, um, participate in different campaigns and activities that we offer, receive a discount on shoes. Um, and we also do Instagram ads. So we pay to have our product, which is just, you know, we never, we didn't do Instagram ads until 2018. So bangs grew organically on Instagram from 2015 to 2018, like not one dollar. And then in 2018, we had like a very small budget, like, you know, like a couple hundred bucks a month or something like that, where we were putting out ads. And then we decided to try like to really go after it. Not, and actually some people might be like, you're still not really going after it. <laughs> but for us, it's, you know, we're putting, you know, dollars towards it, towards Instagram ads. Um, and those returns are changing. I mean, that's, um, it is, it, we're, you know, any advice if <laughs> that anybody takes from this, just know that like, uh, we are still certainly having these conversations and trying to figure out the answer. Like, um, and this is something that somebody once told me that's really stuck with me. Cause in my mind, like when I started banks, I was like, Oh, if we can just hit like a hundred thousand followers. Our problems will be over. Or, Oh, if we can just hit this revenue milestone, like all of our problems will be over. But the reality is that every company from Bangs to Nike to Converse is going, how do we find more people? How do we talk to our customer um, today? How do we excite them? How do we engage them? How do we find new marketing? So the problems don't change really at all. They just get bigger. There's more money involved. There's more people involved and the stakes are higher. So your problems like don't ever change. They just get more complicated. And so, you know, I think the problems that we had five years ago, we still have today. They just look a little different. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Is, uh, this has been an amazing interview. Uh, is there anything that I forgot to ask you that you think is worthwhile to share with our audience before we go? Yeah, if you are... If you're waiting to start your business, like just do it. Just start it right now because, you know, there's that, what's that quote? Like the best time to plant a tree is now the second or the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So like just start, just start it. Just like, you know, another just like quick little thing is that you don't actually have to have product in stock. Like you can start your like le- working towards your business without having product in stock. So that's not an excuse either. You can start building your Instagram. You can start your website. You can start getting feedback. So that's my unsolicited advice. Awesome. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody go check out Bang's Shoes. Check out what they're doing with uh, Giving Back to Kiva. is an amazing initiative. Uh, and I look forward to connecting in a couple of months and chatting again. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.